This is Deep Blue, where we get the true life stories of BYU athletes, coaches, and fans. Here's your host, Jerem Jordan. On today's show, I chat with one of the best BYU receivers ever, the guy who teamed up with Zach Wilson for a special 2020 season, overcoming the odds to get a scholarship at BYU and then be drafted, and now he's succeeding as a receiver in the NFL. He is Dax Milne. What's up, Dax? How you doing, man? What's up, Jaron? It's good to be on. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks for being on. Uh, Excited to get to know you a little bit better. Okay, what's the origin of your name? Dax, D-A-X. It's a fun name. D-A-X. Uh, you can thank my mother for that one. Um, she, I, she still hasn't told me exactly where it's from. She just what? thought it was a cute name. So take it as, as you want. Now she had to have heard it from somebody, right? Or maybe she made it up. I don't know. You don't know. You got to ask her today. Uh, maybe I'll ask her tonight, but yeah, she just, <laughs> she likes unique names and that was one that, she, that struck her nice. So she likes it. My dad wanted a Benedi for me. Whoa. I'm, I'm glad I got a less well, it, it's a weird name. It's from the Book of Mormon, right? Jeremy Jordan, but yeah, Benedict yeah. Jordan would have been weird, right? AJ, I guess. I don't know. I think I would have messed with it, and I like it. Okay, we we share some similarities. One is South Jordan. Uh, I lived in South Jordan for a couple of years. I actually would have gone to Bingham. I'm older than you, of course, um, but the boundaries right. changed, and I moved, so I ended up going to Copper Hills, which to Bingham, Bingham's like, is what's Copper Hills? Is that a is that a place? Like, what is that? <laughs> Bingham was always the rival, right? But going to Bingham, um, you, you guys didn't think of Copper Hills as a rival. He just dominated in oh. uh, football. Now, basketball was a different story. That was more competitive. Ba- hey, those were one of the funnest games I you know, I played in in high school, playing Copper Hills. They were solid. I loved it. Now, who's the greatest Bingham athlete ever? Because there have been some amazing ones over the years, right? Greatest Bingham athlete ever. Wow. Well, I mean, you got a lot of big names to choose from. Um you got Starlo Talele. He's he's been killing it in the league for a while. Um, Kevin Curtis. Oh, Kevin. For the okay, Eagles for a while. Let's talk about Kevin for a sec. Kevin's okay. brother Chris went to uh, my high school, and Kevin's dad was a high counselor in our state presidency. So I loved Kevin Curtis when he went to Utah State. I was still a huge Kevin Curtis fan, and I heard that on his mission he would sleep with a football, and I thought that was so cool. Really? And then he came back to Utah State, and he was. He was uh, amazing, and then I, w- I wanted him to get more of a run in the NFL, but Kevin Curtis was, like, one of the OGs, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember I met him um, just going to camps and stuff throughout my high school career, and he was a really cool guy, honestly. He, he, um, he made sure to you know, really teach me, like, some valuable things as, as far as, like, football stuff, and so I really respect that guy. If Kevin Curtis played today, he'd be with the Patriots, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt in my mind. They always have that Absolutely. white slot. Like, Britton Covey's going to be there, right? Britton Covey's going to be on the right. Patriots, like, guaranteed. Like, Britton <laughs> might as well just start buying Patriots stuff right now. Like, <laughs> just save some time. Okay, other other Bingham uh, greats there. Um, let's see. Then we got um, Dalton Schultz. He's with the Cowboys, tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, the Roberts back in the day with basketball, Fred and Ken probably. Yes, yes. I don't know as many of the basketball stars. Um, it's been a gajillion. Yeah, because back mean, in the day, Bingham's, Bingham was the only school out west, so you just gobbled yeah. it up, right? Everybody went to Bingham. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, 
Uh, it's not the same powerhouse it is it it once was, but we had a good run. It was an incredible run. Okay, so do you yeah. grow up in South Jordan? Are you like born and raised? Uh, I mean, my first when I was like born all the way till I was six, I lived in Riverton and then moved to South Jordan, and ever since then, been in South Jordan. Um, so played little league. Uh, for Bingham and then obviously all the way throughout high school so when did you become uh infatuated with football and were there other sports in the mix uh yeah I was always a big football fan um but I did play uh basketball and baseball Uh, my my dad was a you know baseball guy played in triple a ball and um, he got to triple a track and field yeah, yeah, yeah. He and he played at BYU, play. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with the Detroit Tigers organization. So nice. that was always cool for me, uh, you know, looking up to that. But baseball got a little slow for me. I like the fast-paced stuff. And so I first became infatuated with football, playing flag football. They got me in flag football when I was seven. And um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I didn't really know – you know, not to um, get physical in flag football. I just, you know, I was watching <laughs> watching NFL highlights, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson running the ball and trucking dudes. And so there's there's videos of me, you know, getting a toss, going to the outside and just lowering my shoulder on some little poor kid. And uh, <laughs> But I had a great time with that. And so I couldn't wait to play, um, you know, real tackle football and, was fortunate to go my whole Little League career not losing a single game. Is um, really, yeah. We <laughs> it was uh, it was actually crazy thinking about it. Thinking about it now, but um, that's where I kind of gained my competitive edge and um, and uh, kind of created a habit of winning. You know. Wait. So how old the hell old? You never lose. Um, eight years old to. Uh, let's see when you go into high school ball, like 14 Eight years 15? old, to 15, eight to 15. What in the world? You never lose. No. <laughs> what, okay. Is this, are you on with Zach Wilson at this point and Braden Cosper? Are you guys teaming up on some of these teams? So I was always uh, one age group older than um, Braden Cosper and Zach. Um, or sorry, excuse me. I was always one years older than Braden Cosper, and I was I did play against Zach every year growing up. Against him, so um, you beat then, him because you won. Yes, always beat him. <laughs> remember that, everyone. Please remember that. I always beat Zach. <laughs> um, and then and then he Zach Z down. I think his last year before high school. Um, and I ended up doing the same. So I got a chance to play with Braden Cosper. That's where I met him and became best friends with him. Um, and then, yeah, too, but we never got to play Zach uh, in high school. So he thinks he he did well in high school. But, you know, as soon as Bingham comes comes into town, we would have ended his, his uh, you know, a good story. So <laughs> Yeah, Corner Canyon uh, became a thing. One, it became yeah. a high school, right? 
Um, right. It's a newer right. high school. And then, two, it be, just became the hotbed, right? Um, right. Where, where kind of Bingham had been that, right? Um, but you're saying you would have been it. Okay. So, what? yeah, at what age do you kind of meet Zach? And then do, do you guys – you guys become friends when you're younger, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I meet Zach um, – let's see – real soon like eight years old i'm pretty sure um and right away we're just in every sport we're competing against each other and so at first we really like weren't like friends it just it was kind of like a mutual respect you know always racing each other in track and field um playing each other in basketball guarding each other um and then in football you know he was he was a quarterback you know obviously and um you know, I try to try to tackle him here and there, but it was it was it was fun uh, competing against him, and and eventually we we started to become friends, and um, he he tried to get me to come to Corner Canyon with him, but I tried to stay true to the to the minors. Okay, so there was a chance that you could have played for Corner Canyon. We could have started our career together a lot sooner. Yes. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Why didn't you go? Um, it was, it was really tempting because Corner Canyon throws the crap out of the ball. Um, and obviously playing with Zach would have been cool, but I don't know. I just, I've always kind of been a, a huge team guy. And I think me just leaving, uh, being able to go chase, chase my own stats. I didn't really like the idea of that I wanted to just win a state championship again. And so kind of just stayed with the dudes I grew up with and and uh, won a state championship again. That's awesome. Okay, so uh, did you ever tackle Zach in a game, like when you were a kid? Did you ever moss him? Yeah. Did you ever, like, yeah, what, what what do you have over Zach here? But, <laughs> in addition to winning. We got, we got a long list. <laughs> we got a long list. <laughs> uh, for sure tackled him. Um, let's see. I don't believe I ever inter- intercepted the ball. Credit to him, you know, great thrower from day one. Um, in basketball, I've I've picked his pocket, um, scored on him. He's, but he's also he's also gone by me. So you know, went back and forth. Um, track and field though, always always beat him. It was me and him always, you know, burning the other little little dudes. But I like in the hundred, what ahead. are we talking about? Hundred and fifty, and a little fifty meter. Mm. So those are those are fun days. That's awesome, man. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll explore that relationship a little bit later as it pertains to BYU and whatnot. Um, a little bit later. Right. I want to go back to your dad. So I just pulled up his minor league stats. Do you know yeah, what yeah. he averaged in the minors? Do you have a guess? Ooh, like within um, ten, within ten percent, or uh, you like. Like a tenth. Actually, I'll say, you know, 50. Let's go within 50 points. I'm going to say he batted um, 310. Ooh, I wish it was 310. All levels, all levels, 92 to 95, four seasons, 225. So he was north of the Mendoza line. Um, He was in AAA for seven games with Toledo. That's cool. Trenton, yeah. double A, yep. That's awesome. I didn't really – getting a triple A is hard, man. It is. That's, that, that, that's big time. Yeah, really hard to move up. So I, 
I respect what he did. That's awesome. What what year were you born? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. So he finishes in ninety five. And uh Dallin, your brother who worked with us here at uh, BYU TV, what year was he born? How much older is he? He's three years older. So he so was he was born ninety like a year after he's out of the minors. Yeah. And it's yeah. you do you have a do you have any other siblings? Mm-hmm. And then one younger uh one more sibling, she's a younger sister, she's eighteen. Gotcha. She didn't make the cut in the deep blue shots. <laughs> she uh <laughs> She never wants to get involved, apparently. So. Yeah, she wasn't in the video. Which, by the way, you can uh, you can watch Dax Milne's Deep Blue video. This is the Deep Blue podcast, of course, uh, tying into that idea of human interest uh, on the BYU TV app or social media. Just look it up, Dax Milne Deep Blue. Um, we'll dive into that as well and kind of your mom's story and, and, and the journey. Okay, so you're little. You're playing sports. You're loving life. Um, you know, what? At, at what point are you like, I'm a football player? And I'm a receiver. Like, when does that? When do you identify with those two things? Uh, let's see. Um, well, like I said, day one playing flag football, I knew I, I was I was a football player at heart. Um, but I I really loved basketball. Um, if I was, I guess, naturally better at basketball, there was a good chance I I would have gone that route. But I was always just a little bit better at football. Had a knack for it. Wait, what, what, what did you... When, when do you identify as a receiver? Because you're oh, like, yeah, hey, yeah, I'm a football player, but like receiver, you, there's a certain... Uh, Colin Cowherd, is, is, whether you like this or not, he says, receivers are like sports cars. Kind of, they, <laughs> they need a certain something, right? Um, so when, when are you like, I'm a receiver? Oh, yeah. So the interesting part about that is I've always, always been a running back. Um, you, can, you can find my highlights from Little League playing running back on, on YouTube. <laughs> but... Uh, I uh, always was a small dude, um, late, very late bloomer, and so that wasn't the cards for me to be a running back. And so I had, I was, I had to choose something else. Um, and I thought, you know, being a slot receiver was, was the next best thing. And so, right, just going into high school was kind of like my first time playing receiver, um, and then was able to you know, learn, learn as much as I could, uh, just go into camps and stuff. And, um, gratefully I naturally I have good hands. And so it was just kind of a great fit for me, uh, moving forward. It's hard to quantify this, but I want to explore it because some things come natural to people in certain areas. Like you said, I always had good hands. Like how hard mm-hmm. did you have to work to be a great receiver? And, and it's hard to be like, uh, very, right. but, but right. certain things came, come natural. Other things are like, okay, were, were you always good at running routes, like precise routes or whatever? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like anything to be great at it, you got to work at it. Um, so the parts that I struggled with, um, were again, just physically, my body was, you know, underdeveloped. I was pretty lerpy. Um, but one thing I did have going for me was I've always been, uh, I don't know, good at deception. Uh, I credit a lot of that to basketball too. Um, this huge part of being a receiver is just being able to trick dudes. You know, it's mind games. Um, so I was, I've always been smart and savvy in that way. Um, and then just really working on the physical part, getting faster uh, more efficient with my cuts. Uh, yeah. So hands, hands always came natural. Um, but I did work at 
um, you know, kind of making catches that, you know, guys would expect you not to make, you know, you know what I'm saying? And me and my older brother down, you know, he, he loves throwing the ball. And so it, was, it worked out perfect where we'd go out and he'd just throw me tough balls to catch. And I'd try to catch them one handed or over my head or low balls. And um, I think it all just added up together, um, give myself the, you know, best opportunity to, to make a name for myself going forward. Making a tough catch is something that you did right away at BYU, which was super cool. Uh, you were making, you know, notable catches like USC over the shoulder in 2019, one-handed lefty from Jaron Hall at South Florida. Little did you know, mm-hmm. hey, you'd be playing in that stadium eventually, probably against the Buccaneers. Was that a home game or a road yeah. game? Did you play in that game, that stadium again? No, we we played them at home. It was home. Okay, so eventually you're going to yeah. play them on the road, right? And you'll return yeah. there, right? Where you scored a touchdown. Yeah. That was something that really impressed me because it was like, who is this? Who is this guy? Um, he's making these catches. So with those catches, what is it about those that you can be, how can you become good at those? Is it practice? Is it natural ability combined with that? Because not everyone can make those. And in the NFL, you got to be able to make all kind like your catch radius or whatever has got to be great because hopefully the ball's mm-hmm. in a good spot, but not always. And you play in Washington. The weather's going to be crappy sometimes. That's going to be an <laughs> element, right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, being a receiver, it's it's interesting because um, perceived success is different from um, your personal success because a ton of things have to go right for you to have perceived ex- uh, success. You know, the right play has got to be called. Um, you got to be in the right uh, spot for the primary, you know, route. Um quarterback got to have plenty of time and he's got to make a good throw and um and then it comes to your job where you have to get open and so a lot of things have to fall into place um and so early on in my career you know it, it doesn't it doesn't come around a ton just because you know I was behind three great receivers um and so when they did come around like in like in playing South Florida um you know balls when the balls go up in the air and um, you don't really just you don't think about all the all the training, of course, but it just kind of all falls into place. Um, for me personally, it's just I just get excited. I say I kind of say to myself like, "Oh yes, like that's my ball," um, and then and then just being a competitor, uh, not letting the guy across me uh, win. Walk me through the mentality too of a receiver, because. There is no more, um, you know, outspoken physically player on the field than cornerbacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if they yes. if there's an incompletion in any uh, in any way, they acted like they just scored a touchdown. Like it's it just yeah. is the culture, right? <laughs> Which is hilarious. Right. Yeah. So when you're lining up, and and there are probably I'm assuming that for your career, people have perceived you to be something. And then when you play, you're something way more. Is that probably right. an accurate assessment, right? They're like, I, I can't even remember. Let's see. what, it, Like the 6'1", 190 white dude is not going to make this catch on this guy or whatever. How has that, I guess, yeah. helped you in your career figure out, no, no, no. My actions will speak louder than anything I could look like. <laughs> that, that to me is one of the most 
satisfaction things for me. Um, you know, lining up against a dude that just has zero respect for you. Like <laughs> you can just tell just zero respect. Um, and then you go and make a play on them. Um, you know, corners, they have to be, they all have to have that little mindset where, you know, way arrogance and, um, cause it's a tough position to play. Yep. And so I enjoy when, when guys have that, have that mindset of like, who, who's this white dude, you know, um, there's a plenty of, plenty of, plenty of examples of, of that, you know, in my college career. And, and there's, you know, it's happening now in, in the NFL. Um, obviously I have a little bit more respect cause I'm everyone's in the NFL for a reason, but, um, it's, it's fun, man. That's, that's what I enjoy most. Okay. So you're in high school, you're starting to have some success. You're starting to draw some interest. Um, mm -hmm. you end up walking on at BYU and I, I, I want to learn exactly what happened in this story. Um, is it Fessy at Weber state that, that offers you and like, who's interested and what opportunities did you have? I think maybe you mentioned you had a chance to walk on at Utah as well or whatever. Like, what was the situation for you and why did you ultimately choose to walk on? Because if you walk on, you really want to be at that place. Like you could have taken a scholarship at other places. Sure. Um, yeah, so I had a successful high school career to a degree. Um, didn't, didn't have any corner Canyon stats, obviously, but you know, still, still had a, you know, solid amount of success. And, yeah. Um, I mentioned before that, you know, me and Braden Cosper were the Bingham duo and he, um, for sure, like surpassed me and, and um, all the stats and stuff. And so he, he ended up getting the scholarship and very deserved, deservedly. Um, he bought out, you know, sophomore, junior and senior year. Um, and then, yeah, it, um, I was left with just some, uh, the military schools showing interest. And um, that was cool to finally, you know, I'd get some recognition. Um, but I knew I, I didn't really want to do that. And finally, um, Weber started showing interest and that was exciting. Um, those coaches up there, great guys. And, um, I enjoyed getting to know them and Fessy obviously was, was one of them that I took a liking to. And, um, it was weird just cause he came to my house with a, with a Weaver shirt on, you know, trying to recruit me. And then a couple weeks later, he's got a Y on his shirt and <laughs> trying to get me to go there. So, um, I, uh, once I sat down and like really, really thought about it, um, you know, I, I knew inside of me that I could, that I could play, uh, you know, against the top competition. And I love that, that BYU, um, had an independent schedule where they'd play all these different schools. Um, and then, uh, another part of it was Zach. I knew, I know he, he was going to be on the come up. It, I didn't know when he'd get the job, but I knew he, he would eventually. And you knew um, he'd be the starter. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. At some point. 
And so um, when it came down to it, I thought walking on was for sure the best option for me. And then it was a matter of choosing between, you know, Boise, Utah, and, and BYU. And, uh, All as a walk-on? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to, uh, to have help financially from my parents to do that. And so still grateful uh, to this day for that. Um, hey, you can pay them back. Now, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> that was another big goal for me. Uh, yeah. Making it to the league is just paying them back. That's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, once thing about it, it was just a bunch of those things combined to where I was like, yep, yeah, you know, BYU is a spot. And, uh, I'm just going to go in there and, and just, you know, give my all and whatever happens, happens. Okay, Zach once told me he saw the 2017 4-9 season and thought, I can help get them back to where they normally are. Mm-hmm. What what role did that season have on you, if at all? Because the previous staff didn't have Fessy. Um, they get mm-hmm. fired, now Fessy's on it. You have that connection. Um, yeah. They go get Zach. It sounds like, to some degree, they went and went, got you, too. Um, mm-hmm. What what? Maybe you didn't care about 2017. Uh, but you see BYU kind of struggle. That could easily be like, ah, I don't want to go there. Um, but you went there anyway. Yeah. it. To be honest, it didn't have a, a, a huge effect on me. Um, and then, if at all, I knew I knew uh, things were changing, you know, with the with coaching staff and getting Zach there was a big thing. Um, I, I knew that, you know, even with – with my winning, you know, culture and experience, I knew, I know what, you know, winning takes. And um, so I, going into, going into, I wasn't worried about, you know, us being terrible, you know. And then early on, even then, even then, you guys, mm-hmm. uh, it took a sec to learn together. It's a young group. It was like a three-year build, but we didn't understand it at the time, right? Seven yeah. and six, seven and six. Um, you have mm-hmm. 31 catches for 300-ish yards, three touchdowns. You're kind of a role player, right? What were those first two right. years uh, like as you are trying to earn a scholarship? Um, do you earn it after your freshman year, by the way, after 2018? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had seen enough. They're like, yes, let's let's put this guy in school. <laughs> what were those f- first two years like as you're trying to kind of uh, grow and, and, and figure this out? And then we'll get into your junior year, which is the year. Yeah. Um, let's see. So going into it, um, first things first was still trying to um, physically develop. Um, weight room was a big place for me, um, and then and then learning from from the older guys. Um, it's interesting because the jump from jump from high school to college is so much bigger than the jump from college to the NFL. Hmm. And um, so going into, going into college, it was, I realized like speed gets so much faster um, and everyone's a lot smarter, obviously. And um, so being a role player those first couple of years, uh, I guess was good for me. Um, you know, selfishly, you always, as a receiver, you want more, but I think it was good just learning from, from 
you know, those three main older guys like Micah Simon, Aleva Hifo, Talon Shumway. Um, and then once, you know, once it was my turn, I, I think it was just all about, you know, making the most out of the opportunities given to me and, um, and even just proving to myself that, you know, I could, I could be the, you know, top guy, um, one of the best receivers in the, in the nation. So, I want to go back to uh, kind of going to BYU. Were you shocked that Zach chose BYU? Um, no, I really wasn't. Why not? Um, when he when he uh, chose to go to Boise initially, um, I could just kind of tell his whole his whole heart wasn't into it. Um, I always knew that he'd want to come back and be uh, closer to home. And, and as soon as the, you know, having, having A-Rod and Fessy, it was a no brainer for me when, when Zach chose to go to, go to BYU. Did he have a relationship with A-Rod as well at Utah going to camps? And then Fessy w- had offered him at Weber State. What's the story there? I'm not sure if he if he had a relationship with A-Rod previously. Um, I'd assume so, but it, it sounded like, I don't know his, his whole deal with Utah, but it sounded like, you know, they really didn't show much interest at all. So, yeah. And then uh, I, I've said this the last couple of years, I said the cost of getting Zach Wilson and having a 2020 was that 2017 had to be so bad that you fire Ty Emmer. Like, it's a weird deal, and I love Ty. Every BYU fan loves Ty. Like, how do you not love Ty Detmer? You know what I mean? But unfortunately, it didn't work out. But that meant that you got Zach Wilson. So it's this crazy (laughs) domino effect, and it's sad that it involves Ty in that way. But that was the cost of business because once you get Zach and once you get you and once you get, you know, Brady Christensen back off a mission, like, you got a real special group there. Um, that co- really comes together in in 2020. So okay, let's go to the 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 spring of 2020. You're in spring ball. You're in the middle mm-hmm. of it. COVID hits. Boom! You stop practicing. The world shuts down. We all know what happened. Yeah. Dur- during that time, in the next couple of months, something special seemed to form with this group, and it was led by Tom Homo saying, "No, no, no, we're going to play." We're going to figure this out. The schedule got blown up like in July, early August. We're going to play. When did you realize, okay, we're, we have a special group, and now we have an opportunity because we're actually going to play? It, it's really inspirational and awesome to think about it. Like we need a documentary. Um, you know, again, I think one was already made. But to kind of highlight what that meant because now we see what happened in 2021, and it was all because you guys came together in that summer. I don't think 21 happens without 20. Like – BYU's building off this, and now the Big 12 and ending the streak versus Utah. And it, like it's all, it all started somewhere in the summer of 2020. So take me back to that point, kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, you know, even in spring ball, I knew, I knew that this was going to be um, a solid year for us. Um, I remember just having a blast, uh, just going out and – and playing against the defense, um, me and Gunner making plays and Neil and, um, you know, Zach having a great time and, um, defense was playing well. 
And when it got shut down, um, obviously it put some question marks in the air, whether or not we were going to play. Um, but, you know, credit to Tom Homo for, you know, instilling the, the, the grit and the belief in us. Um, we all just kind of put our heads down, uh, honestly. Um, I remember um, just day in and day out um, doing different things uh, to get better. And uh, credit to Zach, he'd, he'd always uh, make sure to, um, you know, throw with us and, and get on the same page. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because when, when we, when we'd go throw, like we'd work on certain things. And to be honest, a ton of the things that we worked on never, never showed up in a game, but those few things that did, obviously we made them count um, throughout the season. Um, but I think it was all about just building, building a sense of togetherness, um, a sense of, you know, confidence because we knew what we had done uh, in the summer and the spring and going into the season, whoever was lining up against us, uh, we knew what we could do and we, we did the job. 11 and one ranked 11th, just took the nation by storm, crushed Navy to start things, played the schedule you had to play, won all those games. Uh, but one, which we'll talk about in a sec. Okay, so you go from 285 yards to 1,188. I am trying to find this same kind of growth financially. <laughs> like, what <laughs> can I invest all. in, right? That's like five times the yield. How do you go from 21 catches to 70, 285 yards to 1188, and from two to mm-hmm. to eight? I mean, that that was obviously a year that sends you to be an NFL draft pick and now – in the NFL, but what, what was it like to like validate all this hard work that you had put in and the talent that you had? Yeah. Um, man, it was, again, it was tough kind of just being in the background. Um, my first couple of years, cause I knew, I knew I could go make plays. Um, but you know, having to wait your turn, it happens everywhere you go in any career. Um, but it was just always having that, uh, chip on the shoulder. Um, trying to prove, trying to prove people that, you know, this white, this white little receiver can, can make plays. And, um, so as soon as, as soon as, uh, it was my turn, um, I just had fun with it to be honest. Um, I knew, I knew what I can do from day one. And, and finally it was just balls were coming my way. And, um, from, from all the work in the weight room I've done and getting physically stronger and faster. Um, and I'll just add it up to, to the making plays and getting those kind of stats. <clears throat> Let's walk through a couple of moments that stick out. Houston first play from scrimmage, boom, touchdown. What was that like to just right away? Bang. Oh man, that game was so fun. It uh, was a crazy game, man. I think people forget. Yeah. Uh, you know, with what you guys are you guys are down with uh, you know, two minutes left in the third or something. Need to make some plays and you did it. Yeah. Uh you know, going into that game, it was pretty much the first time we'd seen a solid amount of fans. And, you know, we kind of forgot what that felt like. 
And so off the bat, we were just so energized um, just with having people there. And um, I remember uh, A-Rod saying, hey, first play, we're taking a shot. And so I forgot about that when he when because he told us kind of early on. And so when we, you know, took the field and everything, they called the play and I like was like, oh, yeah, we're taking a shot. And so I got that feeling of excitement, um, you know, just pure adrenaline. And, you know, I, I love that feeling. And so lining up, um, look at the defense. And I, I knew Zach was, was going to come my way. And he put a dime on me as usual. Great ball. And um, when I caught it and I saw my guy fall to the ground, I knew I knew it was it was a touchdown and so and that that kind of just obviously set the set the tone for the rest of that game and again it was a blast that whole time just just playing with each other and playing for the fans again um it was it was good 78 yards on that play nine for 184 and three touchdowns that's your greatest game right at BYU mm-hmm. it was the greatest game okay Texas State the next week I believe this is the week where Zach has the throw that's like 60 yards in the air across the field to you or whatever, right? Yeah. And then I is that so. the, you take a bow? Is that that play? <laughs> that is when I took a bow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the bow. Was that a, a predetermined celebration? You almost looked like you were tired. You were like, or, or you were just like, I'm scoring so many touchdowns. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> this is too easy. No, no, I was. I was really tired. We, we had been, uh, <laughs> I think we were doing like hurry up and I'd ran like three, three, four, I don't know how many straight streaks or deep routes. And so when we came back to that very last one, I was like, my lungs were begging. Like I could not even, I could barely jog. And so when I finally made it down the field and was not expecting the ball, I look up and Zach, you know, you all saw it. It's just one of the craziest throws ever. Um, makes, makes it all the way down to me, catch it and score. And um, I don't know. It just kind of came to me. Just hit a bow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought you looked tired. And now I know yeah. you were. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Okay. So you guys are crushing it. You schedule Coastal midweek. Da, da, da. Comes down to the last play. Zach goes to you. You reach out. It feels like it's Rams Titans, right? And you're a yard yeah. short. Walk me yeah. through that moment. First, just walk me through that play, and then I'll, then I'll I've got some questions on that. Okay. Um, and and by the okay, way, everyone so... has avoided talking about this. I want to I want to yeah. I want to know the emotion, right? We we have we have not we have avoided this because we don't like it. But I think in life right. you need to talk about things that are inconvenient or or sometimes even negative. Here's the one loss, and it came down to the last yard, and it was just crazy play. Sure. So, um, obviously we needed to score, and we put together a solid drive leading up to the, that last play. Um, and I remember, I remember getting called over to the sideline by Festy, and he said, um, he said, make sure, make sure you're in the end zone. 
And so obviously I knew the ball was coming to me. And so again, I got that excited feeling like, you know, I'm not losing this game. We're going to win. Um, and um, I remember running the route and the guy guarding me was kind of uh, on my outside. And then I looked up and I saw just, I don't know, four guys lined up against pretty much right against the the goal line. And so um, I remember thinking like, there's no way I could run in the end zone across the field and them not get to the ball. So I thought I'll break a couple yards short, catch it and, you know, knife right in, right inside. And, um, you know, caught the ball, Zach put it right on me and I just felt like I got jumped on the street. It was like four guys just smacking me and grabbing me. And, um, and then I didn't really realize where I went down. Um, finally, like got my bearings and looked up and I was short of the, short of the goal line by one yard. And the, you know, the feeling in my stomach was just awful, man. I, I, I hate losing. I've always hated losing and seeing those guys stand up and celebrate, um, knowing how close we were and knowing that we just should have won that game. Um, and then I thought back to me, you know, cutting it short a little bit just to try to knife it in. Um, what if I had not done that? Uh, and so it was always a thing that just stayed in my mind. And even in these, uh, you know, NFL interviews with coaches, they'd always bring up that play, say, hey, do you hmm. think you could done anything different? Um, so they were aware. It, they knew. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, they knew. They, they watched that game and that play for sure. And uh, they always wanted to know what I thought about it. And, you know, I've watched it a ton. And honestly, I don't I, – I told them I don't think I could have done anything different. Um, they, they, had a, they had a solid defense and they made a play. So You did what you felt like was best in the moment, you, mm -hmm. that you would have to get some yak in order to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's it's a tough situation. It really is. Um, do you feel like it was still worth it to schedule that game at this point? Or do you feel like, ah, it would have been nice if we didn't and we finish undefeated and then we just see what happens? You know what? I'm glad we did. Um, I'm glad we, we made the trip out there and played them. Uh, obviously, it's a kind of a, you know, little sh streak on the – on the whole 2020 special season. But I think regardless, it was a special season. Um, but I'm, I'm still grateful for Tom for just scheduling us that game. And I think pretty much everyone on the team would say the same thing. Um, just having the opportunity to go compete is, is all we can ask for. Were you surprised by how much street cred you got for scheduling the game? I don't think that people really docked BYU that much for losing. I was a little surprised yeah. by that. And let's be honest, Coastal Carolina was a good team. It wasn't like they were some slouch. Like game day was there. They finished top 20. Like yeah. that on the like a, a game like that on the road, like that's hard to win for anybody. You know what I mean? Let alone yeah. going on deciding on Wednesday or whatever. Yeah, I, I was surprised too. Um, and I was surprised. I didn't realize, you know, how many people were watching that game like on TV. Um, there's been so many times where I've, you know, talked to someone 
in the NFL or on my team or random coaches and they're all like, oh yeah, I remember watching that game and I can't believe you guys went out and played them. And I, it just, again, it was surprising just to realize how, how much hype it was around it. <laughs> Did you have the same experience that some other people had? They said it was uh, one of the more rough um, road games from the opposing fans. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, <laughs> Absolutely. I've heard it was tough. Yeah, they uh, they sure went at the whole Mormon thing, um, and it. And I enjoy it. I enjoy it when the when the crowd gets into it, and um, but for sure one of the top teams and fan bases that you know were going at us. I need to ask about this too because I've never asked anyone. I have avoided watching the Zach Wilson being roughed up at the end of the first half play because it roused me up quite a bit. I get pretty emotional about it. I'm wondering, um, and I guess it was the middle of the play and there's a run back, so it's it's that makes sense. But I've just wondered why it took so long maybe to get to Zach, to defend him. Yeah. Um, mm. And maybe that's it, that there's a long run back and you can't, you're looking at the ball and that's what's going on. But to me, that's one of the worst moments by an opponent against a BYU guy. And BYU's not without sin and certain, you know, there have been moments where BYU's done so. But sure. this, this was bad. And what was it, 94? Like, he's, he's on the most wanted list from BYU fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was a tough yeah. moment there. There was a bounty on his head for sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it, it, was, it was like you said. It was Zach was so far back. Um, from where the action was, everyone was worried, you know, oh, is he going to, is he going to intercept it? Oh, he did. And then, you know, everyone's watching where he's running, trying to cut him off. And, and I never even saw Zach, you know, get whatever you want to call it. Um, but, and then I remember seeing the video and I was like, wow, where, where, the, where the heck was I? Like, I, I would have ran out there. Um, but, um in in coastal's defense they were they were blocking the only guy like when when your team has an interception you're just going to look for the first guy to block and and zach was the dude um but it was the it was the continued assault where obviously everyone saw it don't don't defend them dex don't defend them i mean yeah (laughs) yeah, i mean you got to a little bit, but uh, it was it was pretty atrocious. It was rough, and and it I mean the fact that if if BYU wins that game, maybe we forget about it. But you know, BYU lose the game, and we're like, ah, I'm looking for reasons to be mad, right? Um, <laughs> okay, so you guys bounce back from that. You beat San Diego State, who, by the way, this last year it turns out to win like ten or eleven games, finish top twenty five. That kind of validates, mm-hmm. hey, they have good players, man. You beat UCF, Dylan Gabriel, one of his last games. Um, you know, now he's going to Oklahoma. Um, what were some of your favorite moments from that year, whether it be on the field or off, because it was one of the most special seasons in BYU history. It has this unique spot, obviously due to COVID and due to Mm. all the draft picks and and Zach at two and and you and Kyrus and Brady and everybody, uh, and Chris, there's the five draft picks and the free agents. What, what were some of your favorite moments on or off the field from that year? Man, um, as you can imagine, there's a ton to, ton to choose from. But for starters, just just being in the locker room with that group of dudes, um, you know, they're every single one of them was, was a solid guy. And, 
that's what I miss most. Um, being in the NFL now, just being in the, in the locker room with those guys. Um, and then for sure, Houston was, was a favorite uh, moment of mine in the season, coming out and starting off that game. Um, let's see. I Even though we lost, Coastal was a, was a highlight going out and just playing that game. Um, um, let's see. And then just at the end, um, uh, after the bowl game, just because inside my mind, I kind of knew it was, it was going to be my last one. And um, just enjoying that game with everyone and, and um, kind of just saying, saying that you love the guy next to you. Um, and then seeing everyone um, who got drafted get drafted and, and all the guys signed that signed. Um, that was that was just a a cool moment for for me and for sure all of us. <clears throat> I don't get to go to the road games very often. It requires Spencer not being able to in some way. So I got to go to the bowl game because Spencer's wife had a baby. So Brittany, the real MVP, right? So I'm in Boca yeah. Raton, and it's just nice weather. It's December. I'm like, this is awesome, man. And then you guys just kick yeah. butt. It's just, it's not even close. They score like two yeah. touchdowns late to make it look interesting. It wasn't. It. <laughs> you finished that with such a high note, and you're 11 and one, and you finished 11. It's just like, at what point in that season were you like, we're really good, and now everyone's seeing it? Yeah. Man. And remember, seven and six, four and nine, you come in, seven and six, seven and six, boom. BYU's back to where it feels like it can be more regularly. Yeah. Um, I think it was early on, at least for me, knowing, knowing that uh, this team was different and we'd have a different season than previous ones as, as long as we just kept uh, doing what, what uh, brought us success in the first, in the first place. Um, but I think for the fans, I, I don't know, I think halfway through maybe um, everyone was starting to, realize um just week in and week out um kind of making a statement um and then when we even when we played you know solid real solid teams like you said San Diego State you know we we beat them you know it's like there's no there's no argument um to what kind of team we were at that point so in the ice bowl yeah that that game was crazy it's December 10th 12th? 12th. It's like yeah. 10 degrees out there. You're catching the ball and yeah. then hoping you don't just slip on the uh, the sidelines, right? Yeah, it wasn't the coldest game I've ever played in, but it was definitely the iciest field mm. I've ever played on. Yeah, was, and no one's in the stand, so it's like this weird energy, right? It's just Yeah. Did you get used to that ever? Where we're like, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, first game against Navy, uh, I thought it was going to be the weirdest thing. And then it really wasn't. We just we just went out there and played. It was it's kind of surprising. It's like you were playing at Riverton or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the Riverton people are gonna come at. You. Hey! It's like playing at Copper Hills. You're like, okay. Copper Hills. Okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> One win all time versus Bingham. Whatever. Okay, so at what point in that season did you decide, hey, I should probably go to the NFL? And and was it strike while the iron's hot opportunity here? Because you look back at 2021, Dax, 
There would have mm-hmm. been an opportunity there as well, but do you feel like you could have improved your stock much? Yeah. Um, well, as soon as, um, as soon as I started having, you know, multiple, you know, hundred yard games and, um, I knew my stats were kind of getting up there and all, and all of a sudden agents and, and scouts are starting to contact and it was a lot to take in at first. Um, but I didn't really make a whole decision until the very end. I remember, you know, Zach obviously getting way more attention. Um, and he was always saying like, Hey man, like, you know, Lee, like this agent hit me up. I think I'm going to do this and you should come with me. And, and at first I was like, nah, man, I'm, I'm staying a whole year. Man. That's all you. NFL's all you right now. And then, you know, kept having solid games. And um, when it came down to it, it was like you said, like, I, I really, I really reached the peak of my, of my draft stock. Like me doing this same, same thing next year wouldn't, wouldn't do much um, as a, as a 6'1, 190, 195 receiver from BYU. So I figured, well, with this season that we just had, um, with all the hype around Zach and um, why not, you know, why not go for it and, and, uh, you know, fulfill my dream of playing in the NFL. It's just for sure a bittersweet thing for me, you know, cause I hated leaving, I hated leaving the, my teammates cause I had such a great time at BYU and, and just being around everyone. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite memories that I cherish. Did you feel like you needed to be drafted to validate that decision at all, or did that not matter? Yeah, there was for sure a part of me that that thought, hey, if I don't get drafted, like, this is going to be embarrassing because, you know, I, I left and um, it doesn't validate, you know, what I did in, in college. And, um, you know, I, I always had – a lot of confidence that I was going to get drafted. So it was a little scared for me going that late. Um, but when it happened, it happened, and I was for sure excited. But I did – I did um, – I do remember seeing myself, you know, late in the seventh round, like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm not going to get drafted. I just got to do the same thing I did in college or, you know, coming from high school to college, just sign somewhere and – and um, just go do what I do and, and turn some heads and uh, and make the most of it, any opportunity I get. You were drafted second to last pick, right? Mm-hmm. Almost Mr. Irrelevant. Would you have preferred mm-hmm. to be Mr. Irrelevant or, is, or what? Uh, everyone always says, man, you should, you should. it would have been so much more fun being Mr. Irrelevant. But, you know, I'm kind of, a, kind of an introvert, so I don't really like all that you know, major attention. And so I'm glad I wasn't like Mr. Irrelevant and made it like a whole charade about it. So BYU has one person who is Mr. Irrelevant. Do you know who it is? I don't. He used to be on the staff. Tavita Ofahengawe. Oh, oh, okay. He was Mr. Mr. Irrelevant. There's one in BYU history, which is super fun. Okay. Did you think, uh, were you expecting to be drafted higher or were you happy with seventh? 
no, I for sure expected to get drafted higher. Um, and I think, I think a reason for me dropping so low is um, the, the whole medical process um, leading up to it. Um, I had a couple red flags you know, next to my name that really weren't anything major. It was just, you know, a lack of um, communication between the, I guess the hospitals or whatever that did, did all the tests. So some, some teams are worried about some uh, medical issues that really weren't issues. Mm. And I remember, um, I remember, you know, halfway through the, through the draft, like around early round four, I think somewhere around there. Um, I had a coach call me, one of the receivers coaches um, from uh, Chicago said, Hey, like, are, are you talking to anyone? Like, how have you not been drafted yet? And I was like, Hey man, I don't know. So what are you telling me? Like, why are you calling me? He's like, Oh man, well, I'm not in the room, but I was just, I was just so surprised. You're not, you're not, you're not picked yet. And so that kind of gave me first, it made me mad that he wasn't just calling to draft me. Mm-hmm. But second, um, it kind of just made me, made me kind of um, hopeful that, you know, if he thinks I should get drafted early, then, Maybe something's about to happen soon, hmm. but yeah, I just kind of get kept getting passed up on, and but ultimately, I'm just grateful to be drafted. Honestly, so you're drafted by Washington. You still have to make the team because seventh round right. doesn't mean you're on the team. Um, exactly. You know, really, only like first and second. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. And after that, you still got to make it. So uh, you told the story in BYU Sports Nation, but for those who didn't hear, how'd you find out you actually made the roster, the 53 man roster? Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so like you said, um, you know, if you're in the late rounds and you got to make the team and I remember everyone hitting me up saying, Hey, like right after I got drafted, Hey, we're going to, we're going to come out of this game in this game. And I'm like, like, they don't understand that you got to like make the team first. <laughs> so <laughs> it was obviously there's just a lot of, uh, I guess, incentive or, or pressure to, to make the team. And, of course, a lot of it was brought on by myself. Um, it was just a major goal for me. And so <clears throat> tried to have a great training camp and for sure made a ton of mistakes. But, you know, that comes with anything that you start off at. And um, when we finally finished training camp, um, you know, I kind of tried to ask around, like, how does this usually work? And no one really told me much. And so I started seeing things on social media saying, Hey, we've, we've released this guy. We've released that guy. And um, I kept thinking to myself, like, man, like, am I going to get called into a meeting? Like who's, who's telling me I made it or not. And, um, but we did have a team meeting scheduled. And so I just showed up to it and no one called me back into an office and I'm, just sat down and kind of looked around a bit and okay, well maybe they do it later. Um, and then Ron Rivera stood up and, and he said, all right, all right, man. Um, this is our 53. This is, this is who we're starting with. And so, and like I said, in the, in the interview, I was just so hyped, um, trying to keep it cool, trying to not make it so obvious that like, I'm so excited because I'm the, you know, young rookie. Uh, drafted in the seventh round 
because um, around the whole meeting room, there's you know top guys, uh, top vets that know they're making the team or or guys drafted in the first and second round, and so um, I was just couldn't wait to to go and and call my my family and my friends um, to actually show some excitement. <laughs> I'm not even sure what excited Dax looks like. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Because you're you're yeah, like a level-headed, I mean, steady dude. I know. Maybe you yeah. maybe you were gonna stand up and bow. Like I don't know. <laughs> it's always the bow is always an option. Never forget that. The, the bow is a triangle on your uh, PlayStation uh, console. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome, dude. Okay, so you have to work so hard just to like make the team, just to make every week the active roster. Right? You're playing 13 games. Nine catches, 83 yards. Did you keep the ball from the first catch? I did not. No, I was I was going to do that when I scored, but it, that didn't happen. You're uh, waiting until you scored a touchdown. You didn't keep any balls. Didn't keep any balls. Um, there was. I thought it was going to happen multiple times, being pretty wide open in the end zone. Um, <laughs> again, Typical receipt. Hey, I was open. I was open. Yeah. Give me the ball. Come on, but man. Nah, yeah. Like I said earlier, there's there's a lot of things that have to happen for a receiver to have perceived success. And so I made sure I got open on, on some red zone plays and but you no, know, the ball didn't find me. So maybe maybe next year I'll uh I'll score and I'll keep a ball. That'll be awesome. I can't wait for it. Okay, you played against some BYU guys, which is super cool. Uh, did you make sure you took a picture in those moments and your jersey swapped with some people, I think, at least Brady? Yeah, yeah. I only I only saw... Um, Brady Christensen, that is, not Tom Brady, although I wish you had done that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> hey, but, Tom, uh, uh, Dax here. <laughs> a little 15 for 12? You know, <laughs> no. um, yeah, I only saw Harvey Longy in the preseason and then and then Brady Christensen um later in the season um but yeah i I took pictures with both of them uh you can find them on my on my twitter but yeah what's your twitter handle for those who need to follow you twitter handle is just at dax milne nothing crazy there weren't there weren't 20 dax milnes that you had to add a number to nope (laughs) it's a nice thing about having a weird name me and you it is no one like at jeremy yeah it's not taken uh there's no one else uh, Spencer has to do underscore Linton. Spencer underscore Linton. There's another dude named Spencer Linton. He played high school basketball in Indiana, and someone did a remake of Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow, Black, using his <laughs> name. I'm going to send you the link later. It's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, it's nice to have a unique name. Okay, so yeah. rookie year in the NFL. You signed this awesome contract. You make some good dough. Um, what's the first thing you bought? Boy, um, Everyone always says be smart with your money, and and for sure I agree. But I had to get a new car because, you know, I drove the same 2005 Mazda six, you know, from high school all the way into college. And that was that was hot when I was at BYU around that time. Yeah, that thing was uh, making some some weird noises. (laughs) Uh, Didn't have any sound system or anything, and so yeah, that was the first thing I did with. uh, that rookie money uh got a car and what'd you get um it's a it's a 2019 volkswagen arteon so nice i never heard of them before until i saw it and i said you know what that's the one 
make sure it has a sound system. And that's all I need. Volkswagen stick shift or automatic? Automatic. Automatic. Okay. Do you know how to drive a stick? Dude, don't expose me right now. Kids this don't. age don't know how to drive a stick. <laughs> I don't drive a stick anymore. I used to. It's super fun to drive a stick. I don't know. Our producer Corbin, you know how to drive a stick? Don't know. Yeah, you guys don't know. It's a different. It's a different no. era. You know. Yeah. You can catch a pass in the NFL, but you can't drive a stick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. Okay, so obviously it's like a multi-year contract, but, like, nothing's guaranteed in the NFL. You know, there's some guaranteed money, but, like, you still have to fight and earn your way. So uh, what's this sophomore year for you in the NFL going to look like? Yeah, uh, the NFL's kind of a merit-based um, organization where it's like, what have you done for me lately? And so. I'm just looking to have a just a solid off season um, this year, um, and going to going to this this next training camp and even OTAs. Um, off off the get go, I want to just show show the coaches that um, you know I'm ready to ready to take a major step um, and uh, taking on a major role and um, just help the team win because I know I can do that um, as long as I just keep working and keep developing as a player because um, I, I learned a lot this this last year and and I think I'm five times the player that I was um, at BYU so I think it's just gonna be fun to go in and and uh, take advantage of opportunities. Is it weird that everyone knows how much you make at your job? Because that's like public yeah, info. It's, it's weird, right? Yeah, usually it's like frowned upon to know <laughs> or talk about people's salary. But yeah, mine's yeah. out there. It's weird, right? Just look it up on Track. Yeah, it's fun. Because <laughs> uh, I like doing this like career salary with different people. Like, how much money has that guy made? Um, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, you know. Uh, yeah, so, you know, listen, after agent, tithing, and taxes, you know, it's probably 40% of what oh. the number is. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But it, it drops heavily. But so many blessings, Dax. Um, okay. Of course. I've saved the, the most interesting thing for last year. So when we did a deep blue on you, we talked about your mom, Jill, and having stage four cancer uh, tumor in her colon and how the impact that that had on you. You talked about how you're playing for her. Well, mm. How's she doing now? And how has how has she affected you in your life? That's a loaded question. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, she's always been a, a great supporter of me. Um, that's one of the biggest things I'm grateful for um, in this life is having uh, loving parents that that um, you know show love and support no matter what I do. Cause I realize not everyone has that. Um, and so from day one, she's been a great supporter. And then obviously um, throughout the whole college career, um, she was, uh, you know, diagnosed with the cancer stuff and, and it kind of limited her to being able to like go to games and, and um, stuff like that. But now um, she's doing great. She, she has to just keep up on like scans and making sure nothing's coming back. But, you know, thank goodness she's, she's doing great. Um, she, she made it out to one game. It's, it's, it's so hard, you know, being across the country. Yeah. Um, but she enjoyed that a lot. Just seeing me. Um, Did you have a catch in that she, game? She, 
Uh, I did. I did. It was, it was during the preseason. It was one of the, when I had a pretty deep catch. Um, so I was happy to make a play for her. Um, but yeah, just, you know, every, every day, pretty much she'd, she'd tell me, um, you know, how much she loves me and how much, um, how much she like hopes to see me on the field and, and make a catch and, and, um, stuff like that. So, um, she's, she's a big part of, of why I do all this. Um, I want to, want to take care of her and, and my pops. Uh, so it's a big goal of mine and, um, glad she's doing okay today. That's amazing. And that's great news. I did want to ask you too, maybe the, the weirdest or most awkward moment you've had where someone was like, Oh, you're a receiver in the NFL. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think first thing that comes to mind, I was, I was at the mall. Okay. In Washington I'm, or here? I'm here in Utah <laughs> at the mall buying clothes or whatever. And, um, I go up to the lady at the cash register and somehow we got talking and I mentioned, or my friend mentioned that I played in the NFL and she looked at me like, <laughs> like I was crazy. Like what? <laughs> you? She said this quote unquote, you're a little small to be the NFL. And I said, <laughs> you're right. You're right. I, <laughs> I'm overcoming the I? odds. <laughs> you're like, I'm not a linebacker. Uh, like, she's like, are you a kicker? You're like, come on. <laughs> it was, it was hilarious. That's so there's, funny. There's always times like that. That's awesome, dude. And, yeah. um, it, it gives, uh, you know, it gives hopes to people of like, listen, it's not, you don't have to win the genetic draft per se. Mm-hmm. Although your dad played mm-hmm. in triple A, you know what I mean? Like there's some athleticism there right. for sure. But like at six one one ninety five or whatever you are, that you can work so hard that you, and you can be surrounded by great people that give you a good chance, right? That mm-hmm. the Fessies, the Aarons, the Kalanis, the, the Ron Rivera's, that you have a chance to actually check those boxes and, and, and live those dreams. Like, it's pretty cool, man. I, I know Spencer and I are huge fans of you and what you've been able to do at BYU and here. It's just fun to see you thrive. And you've earned that. It's a meritocracy in the NFL. You've earned that. And we're excited to see where this goes, man. Hey, man, that, that really means a lot hearing stuff like that. Um, and, you know, you guys have been great throughout my whole career and showing support and love and um, everyone, all the fans too, and especially family, you know, there's definitely dark days, um, in the season, you know, wondering why am I doing this? Can I even do this? Should I quit? And, you know, then it's just stuff like this where, um, you remember that so many people believe in you. And, um, so it all, it all means a lot. So appreciate that. You got it. And is it crazy how hard you have to work for nine catches? <laughs> it is. Right. It is. But. I'm grateful for whatever, man. This is yeah. it's a dream come true, but it's yeah, it's, it's a lot of hard work for for um nine catches, but hopefully it just it's just laying a foundation for the future. Cooper Cup, look out, man. Dax Milne's coming for you. Let's go. Yes, sir. The triple crown winner. Well, Dax, this has been awesome, man. Thanks for uh the time and of course have a great off season and uh we're excited for the Washington whatevers. Uh, you know, by the time this comes out, we know the uh, mascot name. So the Washington yeah. fill in the blanks. Uh, are are out there? Do you know the name? Do you know I the do new? Not. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. Just tell me offline. 
But uh, <laughs> even you don't know. So February 2nd, you'll find out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Yep. No problem. Good to be on. Thank you. Okay. That'll do it for us. Listen to previous episodes on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. For Dax Milne, Corbett Radford, our producer, I'm Jerem Jordan. You've just listened to Deep Blue on BYU Radio.